uh, the reigning in of social media. Like the beauty of social media for a regulator is it's where everybody announces they're doing things illegally. So if I was a regular, I just jump on clubhouse and just start listening to conversations. Like it's easy. Um, you can pick them off one by one. Like I remember when, when it first became a, this needs to be a pillar of your marketing for your business. Companies were like, Hey, we're not really sure you how we do feel that, about right. this. Yeah. You're, you're, you're so right. I love it when people are like, no social media and people are like, okay, we won't do it. Like, <laughs> yes, everybody kept doing it. You can't say no social media. You need to manage it. All right. So welcome to another episode of the Contacts to Contracts podcast. As always here with my co-host, Mr. John Jones, I am Brian Lovell. Today we have Steve Richmond and a special guest, Mr. Ken Perry. Steve, tell us a little bit about what we got going on today. Ken's awesome. What can I tell you? I love Ken Perry. He's a brother from another mother. I love you, Brian. I love you, John. Don't get me wrong. But back in the day, I used to be called the East Coast Ken Perry. And Ken Perry used to be called the West Coast Steve Richmond. This, you think I have energy? This guy, he's going on a huge run tomorrow. And he's, and he's raising money while he does it. He's just, he's talked to Lord knows how many people and everybody that sees them, they want more. He's really one of the best presenters in the industry, but I take it one step further than that. Not only is he one of the best presenters in the industry, he's got his finger on the pulse of the industry on what's going on, on how to train, and boy, is he fanatic about compliance. So tell me, you don't want to just bring him home to introduce him to your <laughs> Compliance, <is> yippee. <laughs> oh man, you had them all right until you said the word compliance. That was awesome. Uh, and dude, we should introduce each other more often. That was a, that was a killer intro. Thank you for that. Hello, I just told everybody what a great speaker you are. And you're like, thanks. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Really appreciate it. Gosh, that was awesome. Well, Thank you so much. We're also waiting for Ken to break out that skateboard behind him. Yep. Maybe do a little Dude. bit of shredding. Um, you know, it turns out you're sounds like you're a pretty avid runner. Who knew you could also, you know, ride the half pipe. But, you know, professionally, uh, I think it goes a little bit deeper than that. Can you tell us a little bit about what you're doing with Knowledge Coop? Yeah, it does go deeper than uh, than running and skateboarding, though. Uh, man, I wish I could have a career at that. Tony Hawk still skates, which means that there's still potential still for me. Yes, yeah, still uh, when, when Steve Nash stopped playing basketball, I figured my basketball career was, uh, was over because he's about the same age as I am. But I still could skate potentially, uh, but I would break most of my uh, bones. <laughs> yeah. That's actually our logo for the Knowledge Cube. And I our team it. that redesigned our logo at the office uh, made me a skateboard. So I thought that was a pretty cool gift. Uh, yeah, we're... You know, everything we do is based around education and and building communities and building learning communities where people can grow together. And uh, I started this company back in 03, so it's 18 years old now. And I still am driven by the same thing that I was driven by when I started it, which is there's not enough uh, enough training out there. There's not enough education. And really more now than back in 03, there's too much misinformation and people just spouting off like they know something when they don't and making up numbers and statistics and the more social media gets out there, the more, you know, people are sharing on like clubhouse, all the wrong information mm -hmm. and then people are following them and then making mistakes and then doing things that will get them in trouble. And so uh, we try to just give the right education <clears throat> and do it in a way where everything is both very knowledge driven, 
but also very entertaining and funny. Because if it's not funny, I don't want to pay attention. Yeah. And Steve and I have both spoken at a million conferences. And it's always so funny when you watch the speakers before you and after you, because typically they're just reading things to the audience or they're just, a lot of times they're just missing that connection. And we always go in with like, who, what life can I change today? And then who I need to be and what do I need to communicate like in order to change those lives? And so if you ask Steve or ask me, uh, you know, what, what's your best takeaway from a seminar? It's that somebody changed the way they do business because they hurt us. That's awesome. And that's what I'm driven Very by. Cool. It's what I wake up every day thinking about. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Go ahead, Steve. And can, can I would sort of throw it back that, that we both have this mindset of information's information, but it's what you, it's one, you got to remember the information and two, then you have to apply it. And in today's world, I think we both came up in the world where it was, okay, here's the guidelines. Remember, one, two, three, and four, and go. And now you're talking Zoom calls, and you're talking conference calls, and you're in person, and there's it's a much more complicated world. It is. It, the world has changed, and the training in the industry hasn't. We are not the same company we were five years ago. We're not the same company we were last year. Yeah. We're communicating differently the way we train every single year because nobody wants to have somebody read them things. Nobody wants to have somebody, you know, sit around, you know, just delivering this long, boring content, which is where most of training goes, right? Training yep. departments, oftentimes they're built by people that are like, I'm going to make the most beautiful SCORM file and be able to deliver this. And like, maybe you could drag and drop something from here to there when we've totally missed out on the fact that if you make it too boring, nobody's paying attention anyway. And so it really does have to be delivered in a way like our best clients inside the knowledge cube, you can upload a video and you can assign it to whoever you want. I can take my phone and be like, what's up team. Here's the deal. And our best clients are doing that on a daily basis and are sending messaging out there by video so that people are getting it. And I'm going to call this guy out, but there's a guy named Patrick Palmer who is uh, a regional for a big mortgage company. And the dude started doing LinkedIn messaging and Facebook messaging. And it was funny because he's good at it. And so he would just do like this, this really cool gem of the day. And so I started telling our clients that weren't using video inside the coop. I'm like, Patrick's going to take your people. And I, I, I called it the Patrick Palmer effect. Like this dude's feeding your people in Facebook. And if you're not feeding your people internally videos on the knowledge you bring, the, you know, what is it that they can get from you? you're basically competing against every Yahoo on Facebook. He's not a Yahoo, but you're competing against everybody on Facebook that's trying to get the attention of your loan officers. Why not capture it all and deliver it all through the coop where they can actually see the impact and see comments and, and create community. And where we go with that, I think that there's a big issue when it comes to prioritization when you do this training, right? Because everybody wants to talk about guidelines. It's like, look, these are the important ones. There's such a thing called an appendix, right? We don't need yeah. that. People say they go A, B, C. It's like, wait a second. But this only applies for people who are over seven foot four. Okay, then let's not discuss <laughs> this right now. Okay, because that, that's not a normal scenario. So we, as people who are trying to give that good information that's out there, we need to make that practical and, and prioritize what's truly important to that audience. You agree it's with that? Dude, it's so funny the way you said that. Just to give you an idea of what's in my brain, um, when you said this is only for people that are seven foot four, my brain went, wait, Michigan. Michigan has a law that says you cannot discriminate based on height and weight. Like I went to discrimination law in the state of Michigan around height and weight, as you said it. I'm not normal. 
I am always <laughs> thinking about what law may have been violated by what somebody said. So, yeah. Hey, Ken, so one of the things that I'm 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 seeing out in the industry right now, and just as from like an education or a training standpoint, is we're seeing first of all we're seeing a lot of new originators come into the business, right? Mm-hmm. No mortgage experience, looking for. And by the way, I'm encouraging you to. This is a great career. It's a great um, opportunity. But we're seeing a lot of them come in. And I've always felt like the hard part of being a rookie is one, I got to figure out how to do a loan Two, I got to figure out where to get them from. And I kind of got to do that at the same time. What are you seeing like specifically? And then I got a question for you on more seasoned vets, but what are you seeing from a rookie perspective on what knowledge is lacking? What do they really need to know to make the biggest impact on getting started? And adding to that real quick is a lot of them are doing it remote. Yes. Which is a whole nother Whole other thing. Yeah, these are good questions. So 2021, it, it is interesting. We're finally getting new people. And the, the funniest part about it is they come from two different areas, right? One is we finally convinced our kids to get in the business. Yes. So if you look at the average age of mortgage originators, mortgage originators are in their 50s. The kids get out of high school or college and they're like, okay, dad, let me give this a shot. And so we're seeing a lot of that in our pre-licensing education classes okay. where it's like, raise your hand if your parents in the business. And it's like a lot of the people. Uh, and then the other thing is restaurant workers. We are seeing a lot of bartenders and waiters when the lockdown occurred, they were like, I can't make tips. Like I'm in trouble. And so they started going, maybe this is my exit out of the restaurant business and I can start picking up some, you know, another job that might be good for me. So we're seeing them get in as well. And people who are in businesses who were affected by the pandemic. So we are seeing a lot more than we have before. Uh, interestingly, sitting down with them, the technology is so good now, you could literally do this without a lot of information. And that's scary to me. Like you could train somebody and be like, press this button, press this button, fill out this box, you got a loan, like woo. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's the worst way you could possibly train somebody. And when I, when I got into the business in 1998 as a loan officer with no training, um, I just read every guideline and I read everything and everything. And I looked around, I will never forget this. I looked around at everybody in my office who were all older than I was. I was 22 or 23. Everybody's older than I am and none of them are as good. And I don't say that to be cocky. I say that because I actually read the stuff that they weren't willing to read and they were sitting back waiting, waiting for the Glenn Gary leads to come in mm-hmm. and I'm coming in going, what do I have to do to make a living and how much money can I make? And as soon as I found out how much money I can make, I'm like, well, where's all the knowledge? And then I just read all the guidelines. So when we do training of new people, it's like read the freaking guidelines and you will be smarter than underwriters yes. because an underwriter can't turn you down if you know more than they do about underwriting. 100%. And if we're all working off the same information, why would you not go read more than they will? Because underwriters stop reading at a certain point sometimes. And it's like, I've seen underwriters go, Absolutely. no, we've never been able to do that. And it's like, really? Yeah. Like we can now, did you see that update? So. I always tell them just dive in. Um, and then in Zoom, you know, you've really got, with our pre-licensing education, we've changed it where we've got some office hours where we're just live on video. And if you wanna drop in and ask any questions, you can. So there's a lot we can do with video. Um, what, what's really funny though is the heart of your question too. What we used to do with loan officers is like, hey, welcome to the team, go sit next to Steve. Yes. Steve's super good. Um, and the problem with that is what if Steve's not? You know, we all have people in our company that like, when you see a new loan officer sitting down with one person, you're like, oh gosh, I hope they don't uh." (laughs) walk out the door. Trust me. (laughs) I worry about that on a regular basis. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh my gosh. There should just be a recipe of how we train people. And the way to do that isn't, isn't by sitting them. Shadowing is great, but shadowing is only a portion of what should be done uh, yeah. to get your loan originators up and running. Yeah, 100%. but the problem with shadowing is shadowing is you're shadowing the strengths of that person. If that if my strengths aren't the same strengths as that person, what's the purpose of shadowing? Well, Ken, you said, well, this is what the individual needs to do, not what the company needs to do. So the the individual needs to learn the guidelines. Totally agree. Yep. And I think the company is very accessible to try and teach them the guidelines. So you're trying to put that on the loan officer. Go learn the guidelines. Mm -hmm. I flip it. What the company isn't doing is teaching the people how to socialize, how to network, how to have good mm, communication yeah. skills. 100%. I worked with a company, they said, oh, what we need to do is hire bartenders. Why? Because a bartender walks up to any single person yeah, and is able yeah. to have a conversation with them, and they can just go <clears throat> the guidelines later. So mm -hmm. from an individual standpoint, I say learn the guidelines. From a corporate standpoint, I'm like, teach them about the – uh, softer type stuff and how to communicate and work with people. Yeah, 100%. you know, to an extent, though. I mean, if you're not, I've told you, you, I've looked people straight in the eye and said you shouldn't about. be a loan officer. Oh, yeah, no. I'm saying. I mean, I mean, I'm saying we have the guidelines, and you're trying to yeah. do that. Okay. Oh. Now take the step two and teach them how to work with people too. Yeah, I know, but like Steve, you are amazing with humans, right? I've seen you with every type of human. I could put you in any room and you would come out with best friends all over the room. I'm the same way, right? I agree with you to an extent that we need to be looking at loan officers and saying, are you built for this, right? Some loan officers shouldn't be loan officers. They need to be underwriters. And some loan officers need to be processors. And taking somebody and going, no, you've never been good at making friends. Well, let me teach you a skill that's totally not in your DNA. Like, yes. I don't like that, but I do like where you're going with, here's what parties you should be attending. Here's what places you should be going. Here's the associations you should be part of. But I don't know that you can teach networking as well. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a big lift. I, it goes back. I think you took, you went down the slippery slope. See, you always wanted to be a lawyer. That's why you read all this stuff. <laughs> don't, don't, don't try and mess with a lawyer, Kenny. It's not going to work. Took the, you took the argument to the obvious extreme. The first thing that I said, if, if you really, uh, I'm still there. Okay. Uh, the yep. first thing that, that we were talking about was knowing the guidelines and being there. The question was, what are we not training people in? What did I say when you said you go sit next to that LO? I said, you're learning that person's skill set, mm -hmm. but if that's not your skill set, you shouldn't be sitting there. Correct. Totally agree with you. But once you say, yes, this is what this person needs to do, you have to help them understand how to network and be able to better communicate yeah. if that's right. right yeah. For them. Teach them how to hunt and fish. Yeah. I mean, I, I, and I think, mm -hmm. you know, I think that's one of the things that we see a lot in our industry. Like, so just for me, I started off as a rookie. I went to like a training class, six weeks, professional sales development, teach all about how to calculate income, DTI, all of that. Right. And this was a company that hired primarily rookies to educate us. Um, but they were looking for you to have a specific skill set to fit you into that model. Now, what I learned, I was in a class of about 65 loan originators. I'll be transparent. I graduated in the bottom third. Okay. <laughs> Although at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I would argue that I've been the most successful person to come out of that class. Right. I'm not not trying to like brag, but the people who had the book smarts 
that walked away from that, they're not even in the business anymore because to Steve's point, they couldn't figure out how to go get a deal. I think one of the things that we have to happen, if we're gonna be responsible and bring this group in as loan originators, the industry total lenders, we've gotta do a great job of uncovering what is that person's natural skill set and helping them find a way to win within that. Because the person who's not going to be comfortable can like you or like Steve walking into a room full of people they don't know and coming out with a best friend is never going to walk into that room. Mm -hmm. But we can still show them things that they can do within the marketplace to help them find, you know, and get loans. I, I think that's what we have to do a little bit of a better job industry wide. Because yeah. it's, it's well, a and great don't career. and don't shame them for not like yeah. I've, one of my one of my good buddies is one of the top producing loan officers in our Portland market, and he doesn't do any networking. He is a monster when it comes to knowing what he's doing, knowing the guidelines. <clears throat> you can give him just a few details; he'll ask you a few questions, and he knows for sure one hundred percent that loan's going to fund or it's not going to fund. Yep. Um, and he's a beast. I'm never taking that dude to a party. Um, because I don't think that's his highest and best, Yeah. but he impresses people so much. All he needed was a couple good realtor contacts, send him business. And they're like, you guys got to understand this guy's amazing. And that just flowed, right? Some people yeah. are better at going out. Some people are better at staying in, but I love how you said it. It is like, what's this individual, what, where are they going to be best? And, you know, I coach people after our pre-licensing education, I've had a lot of conversations with people where they go, where should I go work? And I'm like, how many friends do you have? Uh, and you know, what's your network look like? And if somebody goes, you know, I, I really don't have a lot, a big network, you know, I kind of just graduated high school or I'm just out of college. I don't have a lot of people I know. And well, how are, how good are you at going out and talking to people? Well, I really, I really, I'm very uncomfortable in that setting or whatever. It's like, sweet call Calls, center, call center. Yeah. What a great call center employee. Like yes. go get somebody to bring you leads and you just knock down those leads. Right. Yep. Others. I'm like, LOA. Like you might, if they're like, I really like meeting people, but right now my, my business isn't boom, or I, I don't have a lot of people to go to, right on, go work under somebody else, you know, get the ropes. And then from there, you might be able to build up to a, a yeah. loan officer, but it really is unique to the person. Yeah. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree with that. And I just think, you know, to your point, let's not put people in positions that they're not going to be comfortable in. Um, mm -hmm. And I think there's plenty of loan originators out there who can be successful without being that high, that high eye, if we're looking at like the disc profile, that they yep. can still do it. I think another point I just wanted to make from a conversation we had a while back is you're talking about the education piece and just learning the guidelines. Let's be honest. We hear about deals getting rescued mm -hmm. all the time. The borrower uh -huh. did not have a miracle from lender A to lender B. Right. They didn't yep. all of a sudden get better credit. Epiphany, right? They didn't get a huge promotion where now they've got, you know, uh, more income or a ton of money. It was just that the other loan officer was smarter than them. Mm -hmm. Right. And, yeah. that's, and I think that that's a, to your point too, somebody like that just needs a couple of great contacts and they can kill it because mm -hmm. real estate agents who work with that type of a loan officer, those real estate agents close more loans than the ones that don't. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny when I got in the business, they gave me the, we used Calix point back then. And <laughs> uh, that was when you had point Genesis and bite. And so we used point and, uh, in my point file, there was a file, a file called uncontacted. And so if all the people in the office had tried somebody like we needed to move those leads along. And so basically you send them out their notice if you need to, and then you drop it into the uncontacted folder. 
And so I had never done a loan before and I had never owned a house before I had just rented. And they're like, go through there and see if somebody will talk to you. And I actually beat the loan officers with their own garbage. So I ended up being the top producing loan officer. And I'm like, hey, this one was yours. Can I show you why you didn't get the deal? Like they weren't able to put them together because they didn't know the guidelines enough. They were looking for the cookie cutters. And you're right. You know, somebody's trash could turn into some beautiful stuff if you just know enough. Um, And by the way, kids these days, freaking genius at searching. And so all we have to do is show them where to search and they will wow us and amaze us and know more than anybody does about this stuff because they're used to having to go find stuff. I think we have something like that and I maybe 50% know how to get access it. Yeah, 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 yeah that's true. Yeah. <laughs> John's referring to a tool that we have that is underutilized, we'll say. <laughs> oh, gotcha. They know it's available, but you know, they don't necessarily go find it. Well, I often have said in my presentations, I say depth beats width every single time. Because if you're able to go deep on something, what all of a sudden happens? Mm-hmm. I know everything about it. I mean, it, no matter what the category is, it's like if I know more than the underwriter, I win every time. Mm-hmm. You yes. can't. Mm-hmm. But if you know about everything, then guess what? You're at you're at the mercy of them. Depth beats Not better. to mention, I got to point out, Steve, I think of you all the time, and here's why. And this is something every loan officer should take note on. The way Steve teaches um usually when i see steve talk he like either it's an add-on or it's part of what he's actually speaking on where he goes guys get your phones out i got some apps for you and i download every app steve recommends and so i always go great he's going to cost me 199 times five uh so i just start downloading the apps every time i open an app that i'm amazed by because steve always finds the best apps every time i open one i think wow steve showed me this like i always go back to where i found that app yeah, and what I always tell loan officers is you need to be a resource to people like like Steve in that case, where if you find something amazing, you need to be telling people about that. And let me give you just one side note on that. So this, the SCRA, the Service Member Civil Relief Act, is one of my favorite laws. And it's hard to pick a favorite. I like them all. But the SCRA is a an act that helps service members. So once you go on active duty, your credit cards need to drop to 6% and you cannot be foreclosed on. And as a loan officer, you should know that. Because if we go into a market where we start seeing a down market, like we've seen before, and you start seeing foreclosures, what servicers do is they just foreclose on people without checking to see if they're an active duty service member. What that does is it steals a house from an active duty service member while they're fighting for our freedom. And it's one of those things where I can get passionate about it because if I was a loan officer, I would be communicating to all of my clients. I'd be giving speeches at real estate shops right now in this. And go, look, if the market starts to tank with more people getting in the military, we need to watch for this because they will take their house without doing it legally. And the beauty here is I actually had a client that was in my in the, the room when I was speaking on it. She called her sister on break and her sister got over $100,000 back from her lender because she now knew the SCRA wow. and was able to fight the lender. That's awesome. So those types of things like know your stuff, but don't just know mortgage. Know things that are going to then you'll be able to share with people that they can then benefit from and they'll always think of you yep. because they did it. Yep. And and that's a that's a prime example of the best way to gain influence with people, right? You want to mm-hmm. earn referrals from referral partners, add massive value to them. Yep. Yep. Be the expert. What was that, Steve? Yeah. Be the expert. Be the expert. Yep. Knowledge wins every time. I love it. I love it. So Ken, uh, you obviously see a lot, you get around in the, in the business, in the mortgage business, quite, quite a bit in the mortgage space. What are you seeing right now? 
um, out there in regards uh, to lending? Dude, we are in such an interesting time right now. Um, we had four years of complete irresponsible lending. Uh, <laughs> most people are in some way or another doing something wrong. And it's because everybody here else comes is compliance. doing it. So, <laughs> yeah, here comes my compliance piece. So everybody's been doing things wrong because nobody's gotten busted in four years. Correct. And then HUD comes out and HUD calls up Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac through the Federal Housing Finance Agency. And they're like, hey, you guys want to team up on some fair lending stuff? And so now they just announced that they're going to be working together on going after all fair housing and fair lending cases. And we've had people that have been doing it wrong for a few years now. And so it's that and a lot of other things where you're you're on this this moment where you're about to see just case after case after case against mortgage companies. And I think there has to be some sort of waking up in mortgage where companies go, all right, we were doing it this way for a long time. Now we're going to do it right. And then start documenting. We discovered we were doing it wrong. Now mm -hmm. we're going to make our changes. Specifically, LO comp plans are illegal, many of them. Um, the kickbacks that are going on, yep. uh, the reigning in of social media, like the beauty of social media for a regulator is it's where everybody announces they're doing things illegally. <laughs> so if I was a regular, I just jump on clubhouse and just start listening to conversations. Like it's easy. Um, you can pick them off one by one. Uh, there's a, a, uh, yes. a, listen, I think if there's a regular, so it's oh, not yeah. an announcement, it's now captured. So it can be, yeah. Shared. yeah. Yeah, here's the yeah. thing I think with social media in terms of marketing our businesses, like I remember when when it first became a this needs to be a pillar of your marketing for your business, companies were like, hey, we're not really sure you how we do feel that, about right. this. Yeah. Here's all of the things you can't do. And then, it, and then it got a little bit like looser. And now it's just like, do whatever Full you guys blown, want. I'm going to advertise for a job and open position <laughs> without know? equal housing. Yeah, <laughs> the, you know. So yep, you're, you're, you're so right. I love it when people are like, no social media. And people are like, okay, we won't do it. Like, <laughs> yes, everybody kept doing it. You can't say no social media. You need to manage it. And I think that was a mismanagement from the compliance department where they were just like, oh, we'll just ban it. It's just like when YouTube came out and they're like, do not allow YouTube on our servers. Well, that just meant people spent more time in the bathroom on their lunch break. Like <laughs> they're not, I mean, they're, they're, you don't, banning something is usually not the answer. It's how do we manage it effectively? Because when you ban it, it just makes people rebel. And as people rebel, you now can't handle it. And now it gets not handled well, and then it becomes a huge problem. Yeah. Um, and right now, I just it's just too easy. Um, we're seeing unlicensed activity where people have had their licenses taken and their LinkedIn still says they're an originator and they're still banging out a ton of loans. And like that just, it's easy to catch. It's just nobody was looking for so long yeah. that we thought we were safe right the parents went out of town uh you kind of know the cops you're you're pretty safe yeah. and then you just started throwing parties and it's time to shut the parties down for a while uh hopefully forever but shut the party down and just yeah. start doing things right again it's very interesting that you say that because as i'm thinking it through i i can definitely see an escalation over the last couple of years of exactly what you're talking about mm -hmm. um and without you saying it i don't know i guess i hadn't put two two thoughts into it you know? Yeah. It's a complete lack of parenting. Yep. Frank, Dodd, <laughs> Frank Dodd was just ripped up. Yeah. And yeah. I think, especially from an LO comp perspective, like, you know, we're, <sighs> we're having some pretty interesting conversations we're, with yeah, folks, yeah. um, you yeah. know, who are, who are looking for new opportunities about 
some things that they were doing in some other places that we're just kind of shaking our heads going, I'm not so sure that mm -hmm. that's a good thing to do, you know? So yeah, I get it. Dude, recruiting emails are the best place to find those. Recruiting yes. emails where they're like, come work for us. Here's what we do. If I were you, I'd gather all the recruiting emails that your, your loan officers are getting and start comparing them and look for those problems because they're everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Point bank systems and, you know, change the rate on every single loan by flowing it through our, our in-house uh, yep. center. Like there's so yep. many things. Buckets for everything. And, yep. Yeah. And it's frustrating because you're trying to do things right. And then this is the type of stuff you're competing with. The cool thing is all of this cleansing is going to lead to people doing it. The good guys winning, mm -hmm. right? Good guys get to win when the regulators clean out the bad guys. It's when the regulators clean out the bad guys, the good guys and everybody else, that it starts to get really ugly, right? When they go in and just goes, whoever has money, we're going to take it. That's not good regulation. That's not good enforcement. Yeah. But if they do go in and clean out the stuff that's happening, that's wrong, you'll stop seeing that. And you'll stop losing to, you know, if you're losing people because they want to go take this illegal comp plan, you know, that, that will be much less going forward. Mm -hmm. We just need a few cases. Yeah. Yeah. Once it starts getting out there. Yeah. yeah. It really does have to scare people just a little bit for them to make that difference. Uh, there was an LO comp violation that uh, CFPB busted a, many years ago. That was uh, a million bucks straight to the owner of the company out of his checking. And when that happened, the CEO had to pay that. And when that happened, I got calls from a lot of CEOs saying, dude, what do we need to do? Are we doing it right? And I'm like, oh, now you want to know? Like, mm -hmm. you weren't doing it right. But as soon as you saw a CEO get a million bucks out of their own pocket, you now care about getting compliant, which is why that's usually one of the most effective tools the CFPB has is when they can hit the CEO, then the other CEOs go, I know you've told me you're doing it right, but like, let's make sure every single thing is done right. Mm -hmm. And that really does affect change. And I, I think you'll see more of those. Isn't the old saying, hey, nothing's illegal until you're caught doing it, right? <laughs> you're a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly defense. <laughs> so uh, John or Steve, anything else we want to ask Ken while we've got him? My, my question for you, Ken, is this. And mortgage coop. What differentiates you guys? I mean, I know it's it's you, superstar, but when we think about what differentiates you, there's a way to communicate and a way to research and get the information in there. T tell me what makes you all different. So Knowledge Cube, the reason we set it up is to deliver better training to the industry. And so we started delivering that and we've got enterprise clients that are using our system to communicate. So it's technically social learning, right? In our system, it's not about feeding people what you need them to know, right? That's great. Everybody needs to be doing that. It's about engaging your community. It's about creating a, creating a community inside of your company where people can pass back information, where you can set up groups and have conversations, where you can set your loan officers into a room where they can actually just chat with each other. And so we've made that all available. And then the biggest thing that makes us different is we're delivering most of the content. And so, like we said earlier, the Facebook stuff that you're seeing, I've seen so many Facebook lives where they're actually telling loan officers to do it illegally. And I've seen people just make up statistics and I'm like, that's not true. And so with our system, we're delivering the majority of the education with us, our experts, and we don't deliver non-quality information. Like if it's, if it's quality, it gets out. If it's not, it doesn't. And so we're building out uh, in January, we're launching our community coop, which will be anybody can sign up. Uh, and we'll be having the best experts in the industry in there answering questions, uploading information, and basically creating this giant learning community 
uh, we'll continue working on it until every conference has somebody going, I dropped that into the coop. So if you're a member, jump in and grab it because we want to be the source for all quality mortgage information. So that's the, awesome. the big thing. That's our big dream uh, and where we're going. And we're super funny. That's the biggest thing. And dude, <laughs> go watch Sons of, we did Sons of Compliance, which is the Sons of Anarchy knockoff. We did American Lender based on another show. We did Game of Loans last year, 28 minute vi uh, movie about uh, based on the Game of Loans. Like, I don't want to make somebody sit through something that I wouldn't sit through. And I am majorly ADHD. My Instagram handle is ADHD CEO. So if, if I, as an ADHD person, don't want to watch it, then why would I make anybody else watch it? So that's really a huge differentiator is it's got to be funny or else I don't want to be part of it. Yeah, that's awesome. That's okay. awesome. Well, listen, man, I appreciate you uh, stopping by for a little bit, spending some time with us. Um, hope to cross, cross paths with you here uh, down the road. But, uh, man, thanks for dropping Thank some you, knowledge on us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Ken. All right, cool. So thanks again for tuning in to another episode of the Context to Contracts podcast. On behalf of Ken, Steve, John, and Brian, if there's anything that you need, always here to serve.